What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, everybody? This is Eve Gigi with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Today, we had Stevie Boynton. This was an absolute blast for me to record. She is more on the mental health side of things, which I think is something that does not get dressed, addressed enough. It does not get talked about enough. And personally, I got to ask some really cool questions that I felt were really important for me as a health professional and me uh, personally. So without further ado, here is Stevie Boynton. Stevie, how's it going? Oh, it's going well. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm especially excited today because I feel like today we'll get to go on some uh, exciting tangents. Usually we talk uh, more physical health and fitness and we talk nutrition and we talk uh, exercise and I feel like we're going to talk about that some today but um, Stevie is a mental health professional and I get this stuff wrong all the time we, uh, we met beforehand and it's like uh, you know counselor psychiatrist psychologist like where does it all fall how does it make sense so maybe to start just tell us your uh, title and uh, name and like what you focus on so Stevie Boynton, uh, I am a LPC, which is a licensed professional counselor, so a licensed therapist in South Carolina, MAC, which is a master addiction counselor, Okay. and I am a health coach, a certified health coach. So I have two masters, and I'm not a psychologist, I don't have a PhD. That's a PhD, PhD. okay. Psychiatrist has a medical degree. Okay. So I have master's degrees. Okay. Got so it. LPC, MAC health coach cool so all those things yes um as far as like again i just want to get like a frame of reference i want to, I want to paint the picture what kind of uh, clients or patients do you focus on typically like you know is it all the above is it lots of things or is it like a specific niche when you said addiction counseling was that one of them a master addiction counselor okay yes. gotcha so well, actually that's that's Bit of a loaded question. Oh, I, good. I, no, I, I love loaded questions. It's my specialty. <laughs> I, re I really do it all. Yeah. I really do it all. I do individual work with mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do couples counseling, which I absolutely love. I work with tons of lawyers in the area and do drug and alcohol counseling, education counseling for clients of theirs who might have gotten in trouble, mm -hmm. DUI, possession charge. So we'll do alcohol and drug education counseling. I work closely with uh, Lawyers Helping Lawyers, which is a part of the South Carolina Bar Association. Okay. So they are there. They're an organization within the Bar Association that helps lawyers if, you know, substance abuse uh, issues are prevalent or aware or out there and, and they need help. They'll help kind of guide them in the direction um, of where they might need to go or if there's they're needing therapy for anxiety, depression, whatever it might be. Yeah. 
Usually those are probably related, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. They provide them with, all over South Carolina, they have different resources that they provide them with and they pay for it and it's confidential and it's free. And so I work closely with lawyers helping lawyers as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm one of their Charleston go-tos. Cool. I also do health coaching, nutrition coaching. I also try to incorporate nutrition into literally all of my individual couples addiction you know or substance abuse uh education why do you think that's so important nutrition nutrition part as far as mental health is concerned like why does that all tie in together another loaded question well (laughs) because i think i think mental health is directly impacted by nutrition and i think nutrition essentially is where it all starts and yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, think it's people, all yeah. affected and impacted. I read a st- I cannot even remember, and I wish I could because I was trying to find this. I read an article a couple years ago about a class or a school, excuse me, a school that was having a difficult time with students that were acting up, uh, wouldn't pay attention in class, et cetera, et cetera. They changed all of the food around in the school and they had a 99% success rate with students paying attention, making better grades, not getting into fights, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I was searching for it last night. Oh, I wanted to find it so badly, but yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't find it. But it's out there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure you can just yeah Google it or somehow somebody can go down that rabbit hole. But I it's mean, out there. So yeah. I mean, they changed their food around, the students' food around, and look what happened. Yeah. All of the, you know, not paying attention, the low productivity, the getting in fights, et cetera, et cetera, all of that stopped. And they started to make better grades. They started to attend class and they started to function properly. Yeah. Mind blowing, right? Yeah. So I think it all starts with nutrition. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, what I find interesting is like, I feel like you hear it a lot with like people that already have like a severe diagnosis. Like, okay, I have autism or I have... Uh, ADHD. I'm sure there's a multitude of others. Like, okay, if I have autism, I should go gluten free, and I should, uh, you know, I should make these kind of different nutrition choices because then my child was more likely to be successful, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I, maybe not a lot of people do, but I feel like I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. But then if you just take, you know, we'll just call it uh, a child. I don't want to use the word normal, but like a child without a diagnosis who's not doing well or thriving. Like, I feel like we are very, very quick to implement a lot of other things besides like, hey, why don't we look at Mm -hmm. diet first? Yeah, absolutely. I've used this uh, example quite a bit, but like our our son Liam had like reflux stuff going on. Mm -hmm. We kind of went to the doctor and the first thing that was given was uh, like acid reflux medication. I was just like, why can't we, you know, is there not a way to change the diet? Can we just talk about that first? We try that for a few months before we go straight into that. Absolutely. would make sense to me. Yeah. You know? and would make sense to me. Right? I mean, have you had, like, some kids who came in? Or, like, I guess when you, you already said it. Like, if somebody's dealing with depression and anxiety, you will almost instantly kind of take, like, a, what are you eating? Like, what's going on? Not only what's going on with you and your mental health and tell me, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's typical, like, what you would think, like, sitting on a couch and kind of telling your story. But you probably also ask them, like, what are you eating on a regular basis? And you talk to them about how important that is. I do. I ask, um, there's all sorts of things that go into the psycho- psychosocial assessments of the intake. Uh, mm-hmm. I get all sorts of background information, you know, family history of mental illness, addiction, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
you know, a, a portion of it is, okay, what kind of foods are you eating? How often? What about the amount of sleep? How much water are you drinking? You know, exercise, how much exercise is occurring, et cetera, et cetera. And this is very common in my practice. Um, medication is appropriate for some circumstances. Uh, I tend to try to do a more holistic approach before jumping to, okay, maybe meds. Um, that being said, yeah. I'm not opposed to meds, and I definitely think that med medication is needed in certain Same. circumstances. Same. I had that caveat too, right? We you have know? to, because it's true. Yeah. Uh, however, I do try to go a different route before, you know, that being my first option. I try yeah. to do, I try to go a different route. Yeah, of course. I mean, what are the principles involved there? So, like, say somebody's just dealing with, you know, uh, you know, depression and anxiety, right? And they have a poor diet, you know, and we can just go ahead and just uh, assume that a poor diet would be, like, obviously a lot of fast food and just a lot of, like, you know, um, high-calorie sugar kind of content, you know, not very uh, locally sourced or um, non-processed foods, right? Pretty typical, mm -hmm. unfortunate American diet. Yep. Um, what would you kind of tweak there first? Like, what do you, like, is there initial advice that you kind of give and just say, hey, I want you to follow this specifically or you eliminate things or like, what's a, you know, I'm just thinking, what's the good first step? If you've got a, a crazy kid who you <laughs> calm down, you're like, okay, maybe it's food. Mm -hmm. You know, what would you, what's like a good first step? Well, a good first step, I don't, I don't see children, right. uh, so I tend to, my cutoff is 16, 17, yeah. above. Uh, a first general general good step, good direction is how much water are you drinking? Let's start with increasing the amount of water and maybe even just starting there. You know, water, how much sleep, you know, let's see if maybe... A couple more hours of sleep or what kind of sleep are you getting um, yeah. you know I, I tend to start small so yeah no I agree if a person has never exercised or you know if they exercise you know 10 years ago and they're wanting to get back into it it's going to be pretty unrealistic that they're going to exercise two hours a day for seven days a week can it be done absolutely yes absolutely can be done Probably pretty unrealistic that that's actually going to occur. <laughs> right, 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 right. So start small. The odds are not and, in your favor. Yeah, start yeah. small and build up. So, okay, if you're not, if you've exercised before, but you're not doing it currently, you'd like to get back into it. Maybe we start with walking mm -hmm. once or twice a week for maybe ten or fifteen minutes. You know, increasing the water intake. Um, you know, and remaining consistent with that. And then once we've remained consistent with that, it's the stages of change add some more on so if someone's trying to make a change they go through the five stages do you know what those are no please tell me i was i was gonna ask you so you saw, five, saw it in my eyes like huh that's interesting yeah so there's five stages of change so yeah when a person goes through a change they go through these different areas or these different parts and first stage is pre-contemplation so change hasn't even entered their mind they haven't even thought of it Pre-contemplation. Uh, Pre-contemplation. So, so it's like a spark in your brain that hasn't even sparked yet. So an example could be you're going to you go to the doctor's office. A doctor says, you know, oh, maybe you have high blood pressure or, you know, you're at risk for diabetes too. Person shocked, hasn't even crossed their mind that, okay, you know, maybe the lifestyle that I'm living might not be the best, might not be the healthiest. So they go home. 
uh, maybe start to think about it. That would be the second stage, contemplation. Okay. Start to think, okay, well, maybe I do get a little, you know, winded when I walk upstairs, or maybe I have had to buy bigger pants, etc. So they're thinking about it. They're right. contemplating. Right. Isn't it crazy that the human body and the human brain can literally, like, just have complete denial for years? Oh, yeah, years absolutely. Or, probably for some people's entire life. You're like, oh, you're yeah. perfectly healthy when you're actually not. But, yeah. Yeah, another, absolutely. That's another tangent. We won't do it. I'm sorry. I told you. So the third, I'm a tangent person myself, so... Third stage is preparation, and these are all very uh, self-explanatory. So preparation, you start to prepare to make the change. So maybe they start to look up healthy recipes on the computer. Maybe they go buy new gym clothes or tennis shoes because they think you know they're going to go start walking. They figure out whatever route they're going to do. Listen to a podcast about healthy. Trust. Listen to yeah. a podcast. Preparation. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. For stage action. So guess what? They're taking the action to make the change. So they actually start eating healthier working out, whatever it might be, this stage is maintenance. They maintain the change. I so, I mean, yeah. they're all, yeah, they're all very self-explanatory, but so we start small, you know, and as they remain, as they practice with the small changes and remain consistent, that tends to, at least the hope, tends to lead to motivation to increase what's been going on or what they're doing to, to add yeah. on to it because guess what confidence their confidence has hopefully gone up a little bit self-esteem has gone up and hopefully there's been a switch in the thinking of okay i can actually do this i've, I've remained consistent right. with this so let's add some more on and see what happens yeah. i want to layer some thoughts on top of that you said tell me if i'm going in the right direction so i think it's obviously super e uh super easier that's a real word uh, it's much easier to take, like super easier better. <laughs> take something like drinking more water on a regular basis through those five stages mm-hmm. because a those five stages have to happen. Like nobody can skip those stages. Correct. Right. Like yeah. it's interesting for people to think that. I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Like no, it needs to literally go through these five stages, and you can't rush those stages. Like maybe mm-hmm. quicker or slower for some people, but they all have to go through that. So yeah, basically much. you've got to pick something small. And then once you've done one thing, you kind of realize that your body has to go through these stages because probably nobody thinks about it that way. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, it's like, a, you know, you've already paved the road a little bit mm-hmm. and it'd be yeah. much easier to pave it a little bit more and yeah. then keep, you know, you can just layer and layer like, okay, yeah. I can actually make these five changes and get into the maintenance phase. Absolutely. Which... Everybody always thinks these things, tell me if this is true or not. I read somewhere that it takes 66 days, actually, to create a new habit. Not like, everyone's like, oh, in 30 days, I'm going to create a brand new habit. So I read some sort of study mm-hmm. that said 66 days is actually, do you have any idea if you've read anything like that? I have actually heard you say that on one of your previous podcasts. Oh, okay, yeah. So. I'll have to show you where I found that. And which, okay. I mean, 30 days is pretty quick to make, again, you have mm-hmm. to make it through all the stages and get into the maintenance phase in 30 days. Mm-hmm. What do you think that'd be pretty hard to do for most people? Well, I've always heard that it was 21 days, and I've heard 30. I heard on your podcast, 66, yeah. so I actually don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm going to probably tend to go further. Right, probably with longer. You, yeah, right? longer you with know. what you're saying because, again, it's, it's a lifestyle change. It's not just yeah, – I mean – it's a lifestyle and it's a thinking change mm-hmm. that has to occur, yeah. you know, and there has to be, okay, if a person wants to start drinking more water or they want to get healthier, first off, what are your motivators behind it? What are the reasons that you're wanting to do it? What are some negative consequences maybe that 
they've had because they haven't done it and you know talking about I, I, I tend to talk about all that with them and help them try try to have their motivation be increased to actually go through the stages but that was a little I don't even think that that answered the question that being said yeah. I would say that and and again I do not know this because um, I have not seen any sort of recent uh, article or education or anything on it I would tend to think that it would be a little bit longer as you right. were saying yeah I mean I picture like it reaching that maintenance stage to the point where you don't have to actively think about it anymore right like mm -hmm. you're drinking water on a regular basis here like at yeah. this point it's not like oh man I know I need to drink my body weight times two with water every single so day like, you should drink water all day right like me yeah. like I'm gonna exercise I'd exercise five hours a day if, if the, mm -hmm. my body and the world let me yeah. but like it's just no longer this like actionable choice I don't have to go through those mm -mm. stages you just know what some, I mean yeah and I think it's got, it takes a while to get to that Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I do think you can only get there and, and add something else, at least most people, until you get to that stage where it's kind of like, you know, an mm -hmm. automatic yep. it's a habit. It's no longer a, you know, you don't have to think about creating action. Absolutely. Yeah. Are there certain things that you can help people? Like, put, like, you probably have to assess what stage you're at in your habit, first of all. And then, are there certain actions, this must be getting too granular, but this is where I get nerdy. Uh, where you can push people into the next stage. You know what I mean? Like, say somebody's stuck mm -hmm. at, like, the contemplation stage, or they're stuck just before action. Like, mm -hmm. are there certain things or tips that you give people in order to get them to that next stage, or is it just, like, you need to, man, you know, man up, woman up, and do it? <laughs> um, well, that, that could work. Yeah. Uh, also, kind of building on those motivators. So... I and said, you kind of alluded to this before, the motivators. Yeah. Building, so finding out what those motivators are, and then this is where motivational interviewing could come in, but finding out what those motivators are and kind of diving deeper into those motivators as of to maybe why they're wanting to do some things and essentially asking questions that are framed in a way to where it's them coming up with yeah. this is why I'm gonna do this versus me pushing them because I can't tell anyone right. what to do they're not gonna you know uh, so asking certain questions so it seems to them as if it's their idea <laughs> everybody hears that right and then they yeah. they're now into that next stage but essentially building on those motivators is the approach that I would take and can you give an example for lack of, of a better term sort of backdooring them and right. You know, having it be like, oh, that's their idea. Right. So. Like, oh, I came up with this. It wasn't even, you know, mm -hmm. they talk about intrinsic and extrinsic motivators, mm -hmm. right? So. Yeah. And I love scaling questions. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 1, you're absolutely not going to do this. 10, you're absolutely going to do this. Where are you? So if there are 5 or a 6, okay, well, what would it look like for you to be at a 7 or 8? Or what would it take for you to get to a 7 or an 8? I haven't used those yet. And I've, I've and then, heard multiple people talk about those. And then they start to talk about yeah. it, and as they're talking about it more, they start to realize, okay, this is what it needs to take for me to get to a 7 or an 8, and the hope is, is that they're then at a 7 or an 8, and that they've now maybe started to move into preparation, action, and then start with it. Interesting. 
interesting. Yeah, that's the hope, at least. Yeah, there's so many things that I want to go down into that rabbit hole. Okay, so uh, I love the idea of scaling questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, This also um, just shows me how important it would be for any health professional, like we'll just you know, or fitness professional, somebody who's in the business of kind of like health and wellness, to understand motivational interviewing and understand your thought process mm-hmm. because you're obviously trying to get somebody who's you know we'll just call it like a not a good place to like a good place mm-hmm. and you are focusing on how to get their brain mm-hmm. to be at that good place well we're usually focusing on the body and how to get the body there but like literally now we're understanding like there's this biopsychosocial model now of what mm-hmm. how we frame stuff in mm-hmm. our uh, practice with mm-hmm. pain and stuff so like it's got to be the psychological and the social side. And if you're not, everyone's focusing on the biological, then why aren't, like, we should be focusing on the psychological and the social side. So it's mm-hmm. like, you have to get them, like you said, to have it, oh man, I went on a tangent, but like, you have to get them to the other side. And, and there's there's so many cool strategies to do there besides what I just said, which is like, hey, you just need to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that can work on some people. What yeah, absolutely. That doesn't work though, right? Like, I'm semi-obsessed. It's part of the, part of the reason, like, I started the podcast and really a lot of my treatment style is like, okay, you got somebody's in pain, they're not exercising, they're down in the dumps, you know, they probably have some depression and anxiety related around that more than likely. And like how do I get them to create I can give them a plan, mm-hmm. but how do I create action around that plan? You know, and like there's so many steps and you can get so granular with that. I just, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with learning more <laughs> of how to get people to that next stage. So I think it's really, really cool mm-hmm. for you to say, all right, on a scale of zero to 10, how likely are you to do this, mm-hmm. you know, this program I just gave you, this fitness program, let's just say. Yeah. And th- it'll make them come to terms with reality, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, oh crap, I'm actually only at a four. Mm-hmm. And then they've got to, then it's on them to come up with a plan of how to get to seven, right? As opposed to me saying, Here's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. That's my idea. Yeah, yeah pretty make, much. Yeah. Make it their idea. And it's super smart. It's so simple and so super smart. Yeah. If they're at a four and they realize and then they want to get to a seven, well, what are their motivators to get to a seven and then build on those motivators? Give Have an example them of motivators. Build on I, want to motivators. Go back, I think a lot of people are like, well, motivators, like, what is that? I think I understand it, but I, I want to be sure. So give me an example of a, of a motivator for somebody who needs to start eating healthier. Or okay. you know, who needs to take care of themselves mentally or sleep more or whatever example like. So let's say, for example, if you were not in the fitness world, if you weren't doing what you were doing, if you weren't eating healthy, you have how many kids? Two. Okay. So your two children might be your motivators as of to why you would maybe want to start eating healthier, longevity, because mm-hmm. uh, you want to uh, see your children grow up. Yeah. You might want to see your children, you know, start to accomplish things in their life. You might want to see your children have grandchildren, so et cetera, how did you et cetera. pull that out of me? Oh, I didn't pull that out of you. That would just be an example of a motivator. Well, like, how did you find that out? So let me say that, right? So how would you even know that? Do you mean, do you, like, make the client realize that that's her motivator or that's just, like, you know what I mean? Like, what I've seen, at least in my practice, is I do something similar. I move mm-hmm. into their motivator. But I have to ask them enough questions. I call it the five whys. Mm-hmm. The five whys, I'm sure, right? The f- so, like, you ask why five times. So, like, okay. hey, why do you want to run uh-huh. on a regular basis? I want to run because I want to, you know, whatever. I want to um, I want to be fit. Okay, why do you want to be fit? Well, uh, you know, I've got two kids, and I'm afraid that one day I'm going to have a heart attack like my dad did. Mm-hmm. Well, why, why, are you, why are you afraid that you're going to have a heart attack? Well, I want to be there mm-hmm. to see my daughter get married, and I don't want to die when my dad is 
should I live for your whole life? Mm-hmm. Cool. So now I finally got to that motivator. Yeah. So we talk about like how do you get to that sometimes deeper motivator as opposed to just like sometimes it's just a superficial one like okay I want to you know look good naked. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. Like to get sometimes deeper into that. So how do you find those motivators out? Or that's just like the client just needs to kind of come up with them on their own. Well, I'll ask them. You know, if they come in and say. Some, when I have a new client that comes in, I say, you know, what, what are your goals for counseling? And, you know, what motivated you to call me to set up an appointment to come in for counseling? And what would be some goals, essentially, that you would want to accomplish? And, you know, when we are done with counseling, uh, you have reached your goals. You know, what, essentially, what, ideally, how's your life going to look? Or how are you See, going to be? those two questions, be? I don't think you understand, like, you may not understand how mind-blowing those two questions are to most people who are like listening, right? Like mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of physical therapists who are very educated people uh-huh. and they would never think to ask, hey, why are you calling me today? Yeah. What motivated you to call me today? Yes. That's like a very important question. Why is that not standard mm-hmm. in every intake form for a physical therapist or a fitness professional? Why did you decide to come in here and decide to work out today? Yeah. Probably one of the most important questions. Yeah. It's never asked. I'm just going to no. tell you that right now. It's never asked. Isn't that kind of mind-blowing to you? Like, sorry, yeah, no, I, get all, like, like, I get heated. No, know, no, like, it is. But I, I typically, when someone comes in, you know, what triggered, what was the trigger or what was, you know, the cause right. for this effect for you to come in and see right. me? So you can refer that. back to that when they're like, oh, I don't know if this is right for me. Well, like, do you remember that day when you walked in mm-hmm. and you said I was sick of feeling like crap every single morning? Like, yeah. whatever that may be, there's probably a thousand of them. If you refer yeah. back to that, that's that motivator. Yeah, absolutely. And I ask, I, I tend to ask open-ended questions. So open-ended questions start with what and how, mm-hmm. uh, because they tend to, when asking a person those questions, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. But, well, when, when open-ended questions yeah. are asked, I mean, there's a difference between you know, where did you go to college? Someone's going to tell you, or did you graduate from college? That's a yes or a no. Well, what did you study in college? What you know, what was the reason you decided to study our major in that in college? Yep. That tends to lead to a more in-depth answer. Mm-hmm. And when people start to open up and talk more, if you listen to them, you can pick up on oh, things yeah, that they're saying. Another, a podcast just about listening. Yeah. And then start to build on that. Yeah. So I, I love the why question approach. Uh, I tend to ask more open-ended questions. So what and how. Yeah. And you're just probably so in tune to listening that you can lead them down the path probably just naturally do that. You've done it so many times. Like motivational interviewing is a skill. Mm-hmm. You know, um, five Y just creates a framework for somebody who doesn't know. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Mean? Like, it's like, absolutely. Well, how do I do that? Like, well, you can naturally do that through just motivational mm-hmm. interviewing and act, asking open-ended questions. But why gives them kind of a framework mm-hmm. for some of the coaching that I do. The other one that I like that you said is, what does it look like mm-hmm. after you're done? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, what mm-hmm. do you look like? What are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. everyone talks visualization in sports, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, very, very similar. And I think health and fitness, like, okay, you've completed your, your uh, you know, for a year, you've been eating healthy, you've been sleeping, drinking water, uh, taking care of yourself, everything that means, and now you're fit. Like, wh- what are you doing? Like, what does that look like? What's it look like? Yeah. yeah. And what you're probably, like? yeah, how many people, like, just can't answer that question, I wonder? Are they pretty, like, snappy, like, oh, I know exactly what like, I'm just curious. This is what I fail. I don't ask this one enough. 
Sometimes people know what that looks like. Uh, sometimes they don't. So, I don't know. I guess I've, I've never thought about it, statistic-wise, when I've asked that question before. So it's like a, a good mix, then, obviously. It's not like mm-hmm. big time leaning to one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Uh, it's It goes along with something. So I, I incorporate all sorts of different treatment modalities and how I do therapy. So I have CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. REBT, which is rational emotive behavioral therapy, um, brief solution focused therapy, motivational interviewing. Brief solution focused therapy, I, I, I like a lot. What There's, does that mean? I've never heard that. So brief it's. Solution focused therapy? So it's essentially solution focused therapy. So whereas some. Let's just say I diff- have like very. So something with brief solution focused therapy, so as opposed to diving into the past and asking and finding out all sorts of, you know, uh, past. Because I was made fun of in school and like, yeah, like whatever. Yeah, going down with my, you know, mom didn't love me. So what's the solution right now so we can, it's brief, it tends to be brief therapy uh, so that they don't tend to come in that often because mm-hmm. it's, or they're, they're in a couple times and then they're done because it's brief solution. So it's essentially, what's the solution that we can focus on today to where you could start feeling better versus going this way and, you know, figuring out why this is happening uh, because there could be all sorts of, you know, factors that play into why someone might be suffering from depression or anxiety or, you know, low self-esteem, et cetera. Sure. So brief solution focus is, okay, what, what can we do today? What can you do today? How can I help you today to get to where you would ideally like to be? And with brief solution uh, focused therapy, there's also, there's a question. It's called the miracle question. So The miracle question? So, I like it already. Okay. What's, what's so you this? go to sleep tonight <laughs> yeah. and a miracle occurs and the miracle is whatever you, did, whatever you would like it to be. And let's say if you're coming into therapy because you want to learn how to better manage stress or have learned stress coping skills, whatever those are for you. So let's say that that's the miracle. Of course, it happens while you're sleeping. So guess what? You don't know it happened because you're sleeping. Essentially, what would be different tomorrow when you woke up? How would your life look different? So that that's the miracle question, and I love that, that question. will then lead to solutions of okay, what can we start to do right now? Right. Because that you solution to that could point. be like probably something maybe somebody's not ever heard of. Like okay, uh, this is what I pictured in my head. You know, so like somebody, uh, okay, just like you said, is dealing with a, a lot of stress, and you ask them that, and they probably you know again, I don't know why I go but into this route, but I do. Like, okay, my maybe because I'm dealing with a lot of people who have job stress, and I try to help them get away from it. But like, they would typically say, "Well, I do, I know um, my boss no longer like you know is breathing down my neck, or like all the stress of my job went away." Mm-hmm. And like, then all you have to do is reverse engineer that problem, mm-hmm. which is yeah. so simple. Yeah. As opposed to like, you probably do need to deal with probably some stuff in the past, probably like some habits come back. Oh yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like. That's a solution mm-hmm. immediately, yeah. right now, and mm-hmm. like you can come up with a solution. That's tangible. That's like yeah. very powerful for mm-hmm. somebody. Um, it's just so brilliant. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just like you know. It's just again. I just don't think that stuff's like used enough. You yeah. know what I mean when mm-hmm. it comes to. Agree. You know, like a doctor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I have diabetes, mm-hmm. and I can't stop eating. 
eating sugar, like, mm-hmm. why are we using some of these techniques? Or, you know, this is something we can, I wanted to get into, I don't know if I have time, but like, why aren't we referring out or more people going to the mental health side of things? Mm-hmm. And just not going, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you have diabetes, like, don't go see your physical therapist, don't go see a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Actually, go see somebody like you first. Okay, yeah, that could yeah. be something. Be, I but think then, it should be something. I feel like that should be a really, really Definitely. Good, yeah. But, but then also, what if doctors were taught how to do motivational interviewing, and then yeah. they could essentially help them figure out what their motivators are and how to get there. That would be the ideal, right? Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, and I feel like yes. the system, when they have three minutes with that doctor. Very true. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. If you're part of the healthcare system, too, like, it's just they don't, you know. Yeah, they're not in talking. our world, they do. Some of the concierge docs and direct pay, pay docs, kind of like we are, mm-hmm. you know, they definitely have. Like, we spend an hour with every single patient, so we can do all this. Mm-hmm. We get to this stuff because... I don't know, you got to fill an hour, you're asking a lot of questions, yeah. and by the end of it, I know more about, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes some people do than, like, their oh, yeah, friends absolutely. and family do. Yeah, I'm not seeing 50 people a day. Yeah. You know, right. whereas there are some doctors who are, so, yes, they don't have... More than that sometimes. Yes, yeah, they don't have the time for that. Yeah, but it'd be... Yeah, you're right, though. I mean, that is the ideal. Why not, like, have somebody who can obviously, you know, let's say do the... Get the... What did you call it again? Brief... Brief solution focused. Brief, brief solution focused, and then they could probably come up with that because they know the biology, the biology of it. Biology, mm-hmm. well, I'm just making up words. Today. <laughs> uh, biology of it, and they can literally say, "Okay, well, here you need to do it. Actually, you need to go see, you know, oh, I want to just be able to exercise five times a week. Well, cool. Here's a personal trainer. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, my knee is bothering me, and so I can't run, and that's why, you know, I'm not eating healthy and I'm feeling anxious and depressed. Like, okay, cool. Go see a physical therapist, or yeah, you know, whatever. It's mm-hmm. like. Yeah, absolutely. It's just so frustrating to me because I really feel like that is the way to get people healthy. Like the what we're doing now is making people. um, I knew I was going to go on a tangent. Making people not sick and treating symptoms when, like, what we're talking about now is is one of the few ways to truly get somebody to the other side of health. Like it's just, and it's not being. People have to go actively seek it out. It's not going to happen in the healthcare system. I mean, rarely. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it does. There's probably some doctors mm-hmm. who are like us who've taken the extra time to go get educated and trying to do this stuff as much as they can, but probably on a you know universal level, it's probably just not helping. And, you know, yeah. Or not, not that it's not helping. It's just not being uh, done on a regular basis. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like that's a good niche for somebody like you to go in and educate doctors and say, hey, this is what you, you know what I mean? This is how you should do motivational interviewing yeah. so you can get the best health outcome. You know, you could probably give somebody two or three, like, just a few little nuggets that I got. It's like if I added that to some of my intake forms for patients, I think it would have a huge effect on them. Yeah. You know, like on a scale of zero to ten, like how, how healthy do you think you are? And like, and then the next question should be like, well, if you were to go up two or three points, what would it, what does that what, look like? What would it look like? Boom! Yeah. Like uh, now, I, just, I, I know exactly what I need to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. As far as my healthcare, and that's why it's so exciting to get a new mental health professional in here today. Yeah. No, I mean, what what does that look like, and how how can we get you there essentially, or how can you get there because you are the expert on you, I'm the expert on me, everyone else is the expert on themselves. Mm-hmm. So we come up with our own solutions, but. Essentially, if they're saying it out loud, what it looks like for them, they've come up with that. I haven't told them, you know, this is what it looks like. They've come up with, this is what it's going to look like for me if 
you know, this miracle has occurred or just ideally what I would like my life to look like when I'm done with counseling. So they've already come up with it. It's just helping them, asking sort of the right guided questions to help get them come up with the solutions to get to that ideal spot. Right, and then once you have the ideal spot and the solution, then after that, you know exactly. Mm -hmm. you're, or you're, maybe not exactly, because that stuff may change, right? Oh yeah. But you yeah, have a clear guide of what to get there for them right now at mm -hmm. this right time. Yep. And then what's, yeah, what's the second and the third thing? Yeah, so, absolutely. Just powerful stuff. So yes, yeah, so always, one of the always one of the questions I ask in my first initial and if I don't ask it in the first it's because I've forgotten which doesn't usually happen but it's definitely going to be asked in the second one yeah but it's not I don't tend to forget that question in the first one or those couple questions you know what was the motivating reason uh, cause trigger whatever it might be that uh, caused you to call call me yeah. try to set up Why an appointment today you know what, what happened and what are we wanting to work on what are your goals and once those goals have been reached what does your life ideally look like so then I have a better idea of what it is to focus on with them what it is that they're wanting to come in to work on for themselves versus just yeah, what since, you think right? yeah like what yeah. you think doesn't not that it doesn't matter, but like as far as they're concerned, it doesn't matter. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they need to know what their goals are. Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be necessarily what we think their goals should be. Yeah. That's a much more direct path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, I love scaling. I love the one to 10 scale. I do up uh, with everything. I mean, even just, you know, all right, on a scale of one to 10, how motivated are you? One, no, 10, you are. I mean, I use it in all different areas, so. But it's, it's a great question, the scaling question. Yeah, so. yeah. It just makes you think about it. It makes you take mm -hmm. kind of a step back as yeah. opposed to like just... Because mm -hmm. I think there's something about a question that somebody hasn't really heard before, right? So like, mm -hmm. you know, how do you feel today? Oh, I feel good. Yeah. Like people just say that. They don't have to think about it. But if like on a scale of zero to 10, how good do you feel right now? It's like, mm -hmm. I have to think about that for a second. Absolutely. Like, yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm actually just a four. Okay, mm -hmm. well like, that's not actually that good. Mm -hmm. Okay, how can we actually get you to a yeah or what what does that four feel like and if you were at a six what does that six feel like if you're at a ten what does a ten feel like so yeah love scaling questions yeah the challenge is um, i won't go down this rabbit hole too much what we started using we uh well uh, it's getting less and less likely although it's very very common still is the pain scale mm -hmm. which is the same thing it's kind of a zero to ten mm -hmm. um pain scale which it almost makes sense in what we're talking about for a pain scale, it doesn't really make sense because yeah. like like a zero to ten pain scale could be there's so there's thousands of factors that mm -hmm. can go into that and, and you may not you don't have control over those things that kind right. of like subjective healing work. Mm -hmm. um, and then we don't even ask the follow up question, which is probably essential to the scaling question, is the next. Okay, we feel okay, you're in four to ten of pain today. This mm -hmm. is me totally spitballing now. <laughs> and you want to feel a zero out of ten pain. Mm -hmm. What do you think? You know, you need to do in order to get to the zero out of ten. Yeah. And I bet if I knew that, mm -hmm. uh, my treatment plan as a physical therapist could totally change. Because again, we're usually implementing whatever we think, mm -hmm. whatever modalities and exercise and whatever else we think needs mm -hmm. to get there. But if we understood that, yeah. Or even asking, you know, have you been at a zero before? And if you were at a zero, what was that like? 
what was that like? Oh, and yeah. what were you doing then? Yeah. What were you doing at that time? What were you doing? How were you at a zero? Yeah. You know, and what were you doing? Just life in general, job, stress, how to stress, you know, what were you eating, exercise, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. What, what, what was going on when you were at that zero versus, you know, you're at that four now, but you were at a zero before. So yeah. helping to empower and show them and point out that you can be at that zero. Yeah. Essentially, you've been there before. But what were you doing differently? Yeah, like, oh, I didn't have kids and like, you know, I didn't have a stressful job. Yeah. And, you know, I was 30 pounds lighter. I mean, probably a thousand things. It's like, okay, well, cool. Now we know these three things. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. control that you have kids, but like, yeah. why? Why are the kids creating stress? Well, the kids are creating stress. Cool. This is how we can mitigate that version of stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm gonna re-listen. This will be the probably the first <laughs> podcast that I actually like have to re-listen to multiple times just to like truly absorb it. I think it's I think it's such cool stuff. Um, believe it or not, we're getting um, kind of close to time, so I just want to give people an opportunity if they want to reach out to you mm-hmm. and find out more mm-hmm. about Stevie. How do they do that? Is there like a way, like a website or an Instagram or any any of the above they want to do, like health and life kind of coaching stuff with you? So I am, I market on goodtherapy.com, uh, psychologytoday.com. Uh, my business name is Stephanie Sullivan. So they could just go Google Stephanie Sullivan, uh, Therapist Charleston. It'll pop up all the different places where I advertise. I have Facebook, Sullivan Counseling. LLC is my business. Uh, The Life Guidance Center, that's where my office is. That's where I practice out of. So they could go to thelifeguidancecenter.com. I have a website that you can find on Psychology Today, Good Therapy. I think it's Sullivan Counseling. It's through Squarespace. So it might be .squarespace.something. It's linked linked up to my advertising and all that. But... This Stephanie Sullivan, uh, therapist, Charleston, South Carolina, and it'll pop up. Google's a powerful. Yep, thing. or Sullivan Counseling LLC, Charleston. It'll pop up. Okay. You'd be able to find me. Cool. We didn't like. I feel like there's so many questions that I still have, but I I just gotta cut it because of time. But I really appreciate you coming out. Thank Honestly, you for having me. I, I learned quite a bit, so uh, I appreciate. It. No, thank you absolutely for having me. I I appreciate you asking. Cool. All right. See y'all later. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.